Blog Talk Radio.
co-host, and I am glad that you all are here with us tonight. we got a phenomenal show tonight, and so I'm excited to get into it. I'm excited about tonight's topic, and of course, I'm excited to hear from you all. So make sure uh, throughout tonight's show, uh, not only that you continue to tune in, but you give us your questions and your comments. Uh, If you want to call in and give us a comment, you can give us a call at 929-477-2304 and press the number 1 to let us know you have a question or a comment. Again, that number is 929-477-2304. And again, let us know, uh, press number 1, that lets us know that you have a question or a comment. So before we get into this show tonight, let me say what's up to my good people. Uh, the two ladies who co-host this show with me and uh, do most of the heavy lifting. We ain't going to tell them that. All right, so first let me say what's up to my uh, favorite uh, curvy kitten, the one who um, has all of the, the ladies' clothes on lock, um, future billion, billionaire and my homie, uh, Miss Kels Johnson. What's up, Kels? And the curvy kitten. Hey. Yeah, I'm working on it. I'm telling you, I'm gonna do like a uh, I'm gonna get it one day and somebody's gonna be like, you know what, we're gonna make this a new thing song and they're gonna work with it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank uh, you, you thank you for those. I am doing well. Thank you for those comments. We are going to speak. That billionaire said it into existence right now, where two or three agree. Come through, come through. That's right. Jam the good week so far. Yes, it has been okay so far. It's Tuesday, so one of my favorite days. That's <laughs> right. I'm excited about your hot topic later on. This is going to be a very interesting one. So, yeah, so yeah, it's going to be a good one tonight. So, who pray my strength? Uh, <laughs> and then, of course, let me say what's up to my favorite um, skin, hair, foot hair, creamy crack, you uh, making um, system. This- <laughs> Q Willis of Elegance by Design. What's going on, Q? Hey, hey. What's going on, everybody? What's up to my live? I see everybody coming in. Y'all come on in. Make sure you hit that share button and let all of your people know what's going on on the scoop tonight. Uh, What's going on, family? I'm having a good day, good week. Ready to be here. (laughs) Ready to have some combo tonight. It's going to be a good show. Good show. That's what's up. That's what's up. All right, y'all. So, again, like you said, if you're on on either on my live, Q's live, Kel's live, make sure you put your comments or your questions. Uh, we'll do our best to make sure that we get them on the air. Uh, so let's go ahead and get into the show. Again, if you don't, you didn't hear me, if you have a question or comment, give us a call at 929-477-2304. Again, that's 929-477-2304. And press the number one to let us know you have a comment or a question. All right. Uh, so let's go ahead and jump into this show. Y'all ready to get into this news? Let's do it. All right, let's do it. All right, so first up, first up, first up, let's see. So, uh, CNN reports that killings in Chicago continue to dip 
But there has, you know, of course, there's always a story in the news about somebody, something happening in Chicago. Um, however, March marks the 13th consecutive month of declining gun violence. Um, shootings have dropped 17%. Murders dropped 25% compared uh, year-over-year comparison. Um, year-over-year murders have, uh, what did say, total 22%. Shootings have dropped 25% compared to the same period in 2017. Superintendent Eddie Johnson said that the city has still a long way to go to curb gun violence. Um, however, he is happy about the progress, and he says as long as we continue to do what we're doing, we will continue. He thinks that he'll continue to see um, progress. So, uh, what's your thoughts, uh, Kels? What's your thoughts on that? Um, I mean, I'm all for it because Chicago has gotten a bad rep, and um, yeah. you know, for the shootings to be dropping, I'm I'm glad. You know, little uh, Chirac needs to get back on that peaceful mode. So I'm happy to hear that uh, the shootings are are dropping. I'm here for it. I had to steal Q's line. I'm here for it. And I mean, by 25%. Oh, no, I was just saying by 25%. Like, that's really significant. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's not not 2%. Right, right. So that's good. Keep it up, Chi-Town. Chi-Town, keep it up. This is a good thing. 25, I agree with Kel. 25% is significant. And um, I was reading this story to James actually a little bit ago, and the numbers of murders were, like, staggering a few years back. 771 deaths, I think, murders. Um, I want to say 2016. It could have been 2015 because they showed the progression over a few years. It, it was just like in one city. It's just that number is crazy. So to hear that there's been progress being made, I'm I'm excited for that and absolutely here for it. <laughs> absolutely here for it. Absolutely in Chicago. Yeah. And over the past few years, I've actually lost cousins to gun violence in Chicago. Um, so this is something that has touched my family specifically um, and personally. So it's you know, I am very, very happy for this and only send good vibes for them to continue with this positivity. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely keep it up. And of course, you know, I'm I'm excited because uh, you know, the, the current superintendent is a brother. So, you know, I'm I'm definitely excited to see when we do well there because, you know, they always it's always mm-hmm. always something to say when something negative happens. So it's good to see uh, some positivity happen. Uh, for our people and for again for a city that's very important uh, for this country, Chicago is a very important city in this in this country. So I hope you know they continue. We continue our progress. So that's what's up. Also, so next story. Um, so tomorrow uh, marks the 50th year um, that Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was assassinated. So for those who don't know, uh, Dr. King was assassinated on April the 4th, 1968, at the Lorraine Motel. Uh, in Memphis, Tennessee, um, that that uh, hotel is now the National Civil Rights Museum, um, and so tomorrow um, marks the 50th anniversary um, that this happened. That he was fatally shot, supposedly by James Earl Ray, uh, from a from the bathroom of a boarding house, which uh, is, if you've ever been there, is almost across the street from uh, where Dr. King um, and other civil rights leaders were on the balcony. Um, so, mm-hmm. yeah, very, 
they're into this all kinds of uh, actually right now there's some that's going on and things like that. What I thought was pretty interesting about this article that I posted um, was some of the comments and some of the dialogue by some of uh, by some of these people who they they talked to um, didn't agree with all of it, but you know hey it was very interesting to see how they uh, praised Dr. King for not only um, his his work in civil rights but also his uh, work in economic. Uh, economic and social matters as well, um, and yeah. So, 50th anniversary of Dr. King's assassination, assassination is tomorrow. So, Key, what's your thoughts on that? Um, I think as far as what Dr. King means to us 50 years later, I think in this moment we are we've kind of watered down what Dr. King was. Um, I don't know if it's necessarily media or just the ne- the necessity have the necessity to have a, a good versus evil type dynamic, but um, we miss a lot of the real activism and the message in Dr. King, and I think our kids are missing that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I I have mixed feelings as far as where we are for this generation with Dr. King means to us. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't think they know. I don't think a lot of us know because we were given a certain type of history. So there's a lot to learn there, a lot to learn there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, I'm excited. I'm a, a, a very big um, fan of Martin Luther King. It's one of my, you know, one of my heroes. My uh, dad is a history buff, and he always, talked about different facts about Dr. King and I mean I remember as a child the newspaper interviewing my father and we had a drawn portrait of him and a picture of Dr. Mm -hmm. King like next to each other so the photo in the newspaper was my dad and Dr. King's photo and everything how much that they resemble and my dad is kind Mm -hmm. of a lightweight activist so this is something very special to us April 4th is my parents wedding anniversary it's one of my nephew's birthdays so April 4th has always uh, been celebrated in my family, so I'm excited. Um, I've been to the museum, and the exhibit for Dr. King was amazing, and it was, like, life-changing, and I remember it. I think I was 16, and I still remember it today. So, uh, very excited. I'll be listening to his speeches and things tomorrow, so, you know, it means a lot to me. Cool, cool. That's what's up. Yeah, we're going. We got, you know, and I, I would talk. A part of this article, I'm gonna say this, and I'm gonna move on. That kind of bothers me, um, of course, is you know how this article talked about, you know, like you said, that he watered it down a little bit, talked and how he was instrumental in things like the Fair Housing Act, which are true. Um, however, I think that, you know, par for the course, um, in this country, we yeah. passed a. Fair Housing Act, but then turned right back around and added uh, added redlining. You know, we didn't get rid of redlining like it was supposed to. We didn't get rid of, you know, uh, some of the other um, uh, um, discriminatory practices that are, that were and are in place uh, in our community in terms of uh, finance and banking and lending um, and things like that. So you see it. So one of the one of the things that kind of bugged me was um, the first guy that they talked to said that he can foresee this kind of great debate between um, 
Franklin, Lincoln, and Dr. King of how Franklin started it, passed the torch to Lincoln, and Lincoln passed. And, I wasn't, and I'm reading that like, okay, but you do acknowledge that he has, you know, Franklin has slaves. If you really go through history, we know that really Lincoln didn't really free the slaves. He freed them in certain parts, and you know, the Emancipation Proclamation all wasn't as emancipating as we as as it was supposed to. You know, so it's kind of like, eh, once again, you know, we we try to make it seem like, um, you know, that there has been more pride. And I don't again, I don't diminish the progress that has been made, but we got a lot of work to do, and. Yeah. Anyway, I have a I have a live comment on uh, Dr. King uh, from Miss Woody, and she says, "I think my feelings are in line with Q because one of the biggest questions for us is to think about whether or not we are truly living out Dr. Uh, King's dream right now." Mm-hmm. I just want to acknowledge yeah. on that. Yeah. Cool. I agree. I agree. Okay. Third story, very interesting one. I don't know if you guys saw this one. It's, it's the news. I haven't. I didn't see this one until uh, actually earlier today. Um, but for we are now in day six uh, of a protest that is happening at Howard University. For those who don't know, uh, the students uh, at Howard University are sitting in in several of the buildings. One of them being the administration building, um, and they are demanding a change in the leadership at Howard University. Um, So students are now demanding that revisions be made to old policies and uh, the enactment of new ones, including the provision of adequate housing to students under the age of 21 uh, and the extension of the fall 2018 housing deposit until May 1st. Uh, They want an immediate end to tuition hikes. They want a creation of active measures to combat rape culture on the campus and they want the creation of a grievance system where administrators can be held accountable amidst, amidst other demands to what the article says. So apparently what happened at Howard was there was a, um, there was misappropriation of funds, and it looked like they found out that there was over, uh, looks like it says over a million dollars in misappropriation of funds of people uh, of, in the administration. Uh, and so the president went and hired an outside fund, an outside um, uh, an outside company to do the work and which they've come back and they found out again that there was misappropriations of funds. So uh, the students at Howard, are, are, they're not playing. And so I wanted to uh, salute them because this is pretty dope that they're, that they're doing this. They're, they're, they're standing up for their school. So, uh, Kelly, what you think? Um, I have mixed feelings about it because I know some of the inside um of it, and I I think the president did what he was supposed to do as far as hiring the other auditors. Mm-hmm. The the issue is for the and I'm glad that they, I'm I'm proud of them that they're standing up to that. I just think that there some of the demands, you know, wouldn't be able to be done quickly just because mm-hmm. of the certain regulations, certain. Um, you know, especially federal regulations, I'm sure state regulations, some things that they just can't do, but this is definitely mm-hmm. a step in the right direction, and I think it will be an example for, you know, all students across the country that your voices can be heard, but you have to unite and do it together to make change, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I'm watching, and I'm to see how it plays out. Yeah, me too. 
too? Um, yeah, I agree with Kels as far as the collaboration that it takes to protest. I posted on the live, like, it looks like education is walking out everywhere. Like, it's, this is yeah. the time yeah. for education to take its place back. People are looking at what they're getting, what they're not getting um, all over, from the top all the way down, and it's shaking things up. So for that, I am, I'm, I'm here. I'm definitely grateful to that. It's it's just it's been time. It's time for those of you um, not in Oklahoma. Honestly, you'd have to be under a rock to not know what's going on here in Oklahoma as far as the education walkouts that we've got going on. So um, for this, you know, I agree with Kels. There are all kinds of things that I'm sure have to go into play when it comes to federal and state um, regulations when it comes to schools. But this is what I feel is a step. These steps that students can take, aside from withdrawing their actual dollars from the school, um, to let them know we need some change to happen because we pay you. You know, people are recognizing who really signs checks, <laughs> and I think that's a that's a good thing for because for so long we have gone by titles. We've allowed titles to tell us what is going to work for us. So it seems like now we are realizing who gives you the title, who keeps your title, who allows you to keep your title, and, and we're taking those titles back. So I'm excited for the energy surrounding education right now overall. So, yeah, this is – I'm here for it. This is something to watch. Yeah, we got a lot – it's a lot going on. You say that. It's a lot going on. I mean, like you said, you got Oklahoma going on. Um, so the teachers are walked out there. You've got Florida students arriving in Florida. Uh, about gun control, you've got, you know, what's going on in Howard. So it's a lot going on, um, and a lot of civil unrest. In the meantime, I'm not sure I don't know about that. So, all right, what you got? Yeah. I'm sorry, I thought you were saying something. <laughs> now, what, what what did you say about Florida? The, uh, the, no, they're, the gun they're control? Right. Go ahead. I, say, I think that's that's what we've got the kids that are riding over the you know uh, gun laws. Mm-hmm. Oh, after the Parkland shooting. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah. It's, it's, it's a lot. Uh, speaking about uh, education, I know she brought it up. That what's going on here in Oklahoma? Have you guys? seen any of the comments or the signs that people have made that are at the Capitol? Yeah. 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 The signs are so, everything. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was like, some got really creative and has really powerful messages, some funny ones, some, I mean, it really, it got my attention. And I agree. this is the time that I want to believe that one person can make a change, so like Wilco said, this is definitely we have several instances going on where people are taking attention. So, yep. yep, I'm not mad about it either. I'm not mad about it at all. I say go get it. Yep, it's long overdue here in Oklahoma. Like it's long overdue, and I really hope that mm-hmm. they don't. Um, I want this. I really, really want the teachers to hold steady with this. Um, I know a lot of them I saw along my timeline. I have quite a few friends, and I know you all are, a lot of us have mutual friends and quite a few in the education field um, that were asking for donations or people who could help set up tables and chairs so that they could still 
teach their students. There was a gentleman out there today on the lawn, a teacher who was teaching his AP English class um, while protesting, just, you know, because they actually, they miss being in the classrooms. So they want to still, they want to teach, they want to be there for the kids and provide them what we're paying them for, but they still have a stand to make. The, the level of pettiness and just overall lack of give a damn <laughs> that our legislation has <laughs> shown over the last few days regarding this, we've really been able to see the root of why and how our legis- how our education system got to the way it is right now. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's evident. You know what I mean? It's like we know where the where the allegiance lies. They're telling us where it lies. They're frustrated. They're irritated that this is still happening. And it's just it's mind blowing to know that because this does not right now affect them and the their kids and the, the you know the children that are in their lives, they feel that it's fine. But until these kids become adults, until these kids start making changes and they realize what really is going on with these kids and and what we're not giving them, I think that's when it'll, and that's sad, you know, that it'll take all of that to get us to that point. But it's going to, it's crazy because this is deep-rooted. We're going to have to get them out. Like, the voting has to happen because right now this legislation they're not. They don't care. They're calling bluffs, and I think we should call it back at this point. And I, this is, I support the teachers. I'm a hush because we're are running there, on time. Are there any? My question is real quick before I know we gotta go. But are there any voter? I mean, I know, like for example, we we saw the guy. I forgot his name. The representative who made the comments today. But do we have? Um, is anybody keeping track of this stuff? And then are we doing anything? But is there anything happening on the ground? to get people out to vote? Like any voter registration sign-ups? I don't know. Um, I'm pretty sure if there are not people out there generating uh, voter registration sign-ups, that's something that is quickly coming. I'm going to be perfectly transparent. I mean, you know, totally transparent. And I'm not aware when our next elections are. That is definitely something that I'm looking into. I actually... Um, was online earlier today after Homeboy posted the video saying he wasn't going to vote for anything else. I did go and look and see what my, what district I was in because I was lacking on that information. I'm like, okay, let me make sure, you know, what's going on in the district that, that you know, that's representing me and my thoughts. So, um, mm-hmm. like, movement that happens, I think there's a new level of um, interest that's been sparked by it, especially now that so many people are being inconvenienced with their children having to be home. Um, yeah. So there will be people will be looking to register if they're not <laughs> because they want to be able to make to make big changes because this is crazy, so crazy. Yeah, I agree. All right, all right. And, uh, we got to move. Okay, you got something? Else? Well, one more thing before you move on. Mm-hmm. I, when you asked about the efforts in voting, I think there has been an increase in efforts because I remember walking in the grocery store. I walked in two stores over here on my side of town and. I've had someone stop me to ask me if I was registered to vote and, and kind of bringing up things that I need to be on the lookout for. So I think some organizations and maybe even just some concerned citizens are making an effort while I hope so. Look, and I hope y'all, I hope folks not only are doing that, but they remember what these, uh, what these folks are saying. Cause yeah. Yep. All right. 
was talk the news was brought to you by um who am I who am I who am I to no, I'm kidding. By Renna Big Man <laughs> uh, so get on <laughs> uh, so make sure you get your <laughs> get your clothing um, today. Uh, you can go to com uh, and get your clothing for your big fella listen. If you want to make sure that for every season he's taken care of, then you want to go visit us today. www.walkroyal.com. Um, this first song we're going to do tonight is by one of my favorite ladies. Um, it is, excuse me, um, Silicon Valley by Rochelle Hot 16. After this, we're coming back. And we're going to jump into our topic of why love is not enough for marriage. So we'll be back right after this on the Scoop Radio Show.
All right, all right. That was Silicon Valley by Rochelle Hot 16. That's the oldie but goodie for here. <laughs> for here. For us here at the school. Um, all right, so this next segment is brought to you by Elegance by Design, where healthy hair and skin is our priority, but a beautiful you is our specialty. You can visit www.elegancebydesignwithaz.com to order all of your sexy shea butters and tinkle toes and all of that good stuff. Um, and you can say yes, 15% <laughs> yes. You can say 15% off of your order with the code Thank You Sugar, which is T Y S U G A to say 15%. Okay, so now that that is out of the way, let's go ahead and get to the good stuff. So tonight we are talking about why is love not enough for marriage. Um, if you guys had a chance to check out my video earlier today, I made a little joke, but for this particular topic, I think it's very very relevant. Um, Kels always makes fun of the fact that I've been married forever, and um, I don't think people really always know what that entails and how people can grow within that time frame and how this particular subject rings so, so true, Um, and I don't think a lot of people really like to admit it, but it's not a scary thing. There's a real reason, and it's a positive, why solely love is not enough um, to to sustain a marriage. So... um, because I can drone on, on this subject, I'm going to get to some things that I talked about earlier just so that I can move on with life and y'all can get into the conversation. <laughs> um, so I personally agree that love is not enough for marriage. I think um, love is a a large component of, and a necessity for marriage, um, but I do not feel that it is the sole or primary um, factor that, is needed for a marriage. You can love a lot of people, but you cannot do life with everybody. Um, so there has to be a different level of compatibility with the person that you choose to do life with. Um, there has to be a level of friendship there, a level of wanting to be selfless for that person. Um, I know that there's probably a better, you know, a definite more sexy word to say that, but that's just how I think you, you have to find the want the desire to be selfless for a person. It's not a dutiful selflessness that makes you prepared for marriage, in my opinion. You have to desire to give up yourself for them. And that's not a lesson yourself, but to be vulnerable to what they need and to what fulfills them as your other. Um, so there's, it, 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 there's a lot more that is required to make a marriage move um, like a well-oiled machine. It is very much a business. Um, and on the emotional and day-to-day levels. So long story short, I agree. Those are a few of my nuggets as to why I think um, think that way. I'm definitely interested to hear what Kells and Wynn have to say about it um, because they're def- on different spectrums of this particular scale. Um, so I'm going to first swing it over. <laughs> I'm going to swing it over to Wynn because I know that you have had um, experience with being married as well. So you can offer um, a male perspective on what it takes for men to get ready for marriage and, and why love is not enough. Oh, uh, so, okay. Why? Yeah. Why does it? Just, it even I mean, you're supposed to, to go to Kells first. Nah. First. No, we did that last week. <laughs> 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 you, gotta, <laughs> you, know, you know you got a list over there. You got a list. Mm. I, I don't have a, I don't have a list, but I can, you know, I can come up with one. No, I actually think that, um, I think that you almost hit the nail on the head. First of all, I think the marriage 
does have to start that you have to start out on the level of first of all of commonality, making sure that you have common uh, morals and common goals, and then build on top of that, build a friendship because love initially um, is I won't say easy, but it's easier. But until until you start getting, you know, at the deeper you start developing um, or going through, like you said, walking through life with people and through things, it becomes um, it becomes a choice. It becomes a choice. Like I don't, you know, you're going to start seeing things. And let me let me when I say it's easier, it's because you don't necessarily see all of the dysfunction of a person when you first meet them. So as you meet their dysfunction and as you see their dysfunction. And as you begin to experience their dysfunction, then that feeling of ease kind of starts to go away. And then at that point, you start having to choose, like, hey, if this person is my friend and I still know who they are at their core, I still know who they are at their root, and I have to, and I still, I still love that part of them, even though I might mm-hmm. not like this part of dysfunction. So, um, so I think that's why. To me, why I say I think it has to start with again. I know who you are, your morals. I know who you are at your core, and I love your core. And then I like the fact that I can live with you. Like I can, I can hang with you. You my homie. You're my. You're somebody who, even if stuff ain't right, I just want to be around you. Even if I'm pissed off at you because you, you know, you did something real dysfunctional, um, I still like you. Yeah, I'll stop there for now. I'll let Kelly go. <laughs> you did good. That wasn't yeah. even painful. You're all right. You made it. <laughs> I made it. No, I made it. I'm good. I'm good. You know, I, I can go on this one. We, we can go on this one. <laughs> we can, right? Kelly, I'm going to swing it to you before I hit my live comments. You guys keep coming. I'll be swinging back around to you here in just a second. And Sheila, I did not forget about your comment from earlier. Kelly, what do you have to say on this? Um. I have, I do think I have a different take on it. I use my love of numbers when it comes to relationships, love, and all of that. So, of course, to be whole, you can't just have one piece. So I agree with you guys on having commonalities. Can you live with this person? But my one of my biggest things is are you comfortable with this person? even more than a friend, are you comfortable, you know, at your worst with this person? And I think I learned for myself, I haven't been married, but I learned that I can't even think about being in a relationship with someone where I can't be myself. So we spend Mm -hmm. so much much time thinking what we think the other person wants us to be. And even if you you have chemistry and you find somebody attractive and, and all of that is right, it's Still isn't enough to sustain, and I actually ran up on a an article from a blogger, and she describes her own experience and how she met a guy or the instant connection, like love at first sight. And when they got together, they had nothing in common. They didn't even have the same values, and that's big. So mm-hmm. I I know I'm not a minister. But I know I can't date someone who doesn't believe in God because that's part of my course. Uh, religion is is, right. a, is a big one that they have for core values. What do they think about family? I have a very right. personal family, so 
If mm-hmm. you're an introvert that doesn't like to be around your own family, you probably won't like to be around mine. We can't be right. together. So love is, you know, a good substance, but, yeah, definitely not enough. You just can't. You can't do a calculation with love alone. Um, I also have a comment on my live queue. I know you're going to one of your comments, but um, this is Edward. He says you should rather be desired than love. And oh, he's talking about there's no such thing as love at first sight. Yeah, that's not the topic. <laughs> We're talking about my love isn't enough. So maybe I add desire. So that's my live comment. I think that to answer, to respond to that, I would say that I don't know about the whole desire versus love thing. I mean, I'm not, I don't know. I think that, but I do think that, Kelly, what you described is is what, what I would say as friendship. Um, so maybe is there a difference between being comfortable around that person and being, what's the difference between that? Because to me, what you described was this is my friend, this is somebody who I'm comfortable, like you said, when you talk about your level of comfort, what's the, is there a difference? Yeah, to me, to me, uh, you can be comfortable, I mean, you can be, there's friends that you are comfortable with, they could be some very good friends you're comfortable with, but I consider, like, for example, I made friends and coworkers, but our relationship is different from a childhood friend. So, to me, your level of comfortability, even as a friend, it still has to be a deeper comfort when you're talking about something as deep as marriage. So, I don't think just having a friend. I have friends that I'm I'm not comfortable walking around naked in front of, but mm-hmm. they're still my, they're still my friend. Sure. So right. That's sure. what I mean by you have to be really comfortable and. When you think about it, there's relationships that we probably have that you guys may have had before you, you know, got married or uh, where you really worked yourself around that person. Mm-hmm. So you can have friends, but you still have, you can have friends that you can't be totally just uninhibited, uninhibited. Did I say that right? Anyway, that you just can't be totally com- comfortable and transparent with. So that's what I mean by the difference between just a friend and not being comfortable. Okay. Oh yeah. I gotta be able to okay. to be able to feel and be goofy for sure. Like yeah, that's yeah. I, I agree. I agree with that. Y'all know my I'm I'm huge on well, I, I can't be past the burns around. I, I can't. Like I need to be able to turn mm. off around. So yeah. So yeah, for that's <laughs> huge. I, I, I totally agree. Did you say mm, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> Real quick, while Wynn is having his Trump moment. Um, <laughs> earlier, before we started the topic, uh, Sheila commented that love is not enough for marriage because love don't pay the bills. Love don't feed you physically. You have right. to take off physical needs. Be, you have to take care of physical needs before you can react to the mental. Churches don't preach to a hungry crowd doing fellowship Sundays on certain occasions. They feed, then preach. 
Love makes you stay, but other needed needed attributes keep the marriage. I am a divorced woman from a man that I love. They tell you enough, right? That tells you enough right there. Love don't keep a marriage. Both parties have to bring more than just love to keep a marriage. I absolutely 2,000% agree, like totally agree with that. You definitely have to do more. You have to be able to sustain the whole person. There's not necessarily, in my opinion, it's not saying that I'm now putting all of my care on to you, like the soul, everything about me is now your responsibility. However, there has to be a balance in what the relationship is doing. Um, Chan said, I agree 1,000%. Even Tina asked, what does love have to do with it? <laughs> we all needed, well, if, if all we needed was love to sustain a marriage, the divorce rate would not be so high. Um, Carrie is agreeing with our overall conversation, um, and Renee says requires patience just as much as love. Yes, absolutely. Patience mm-hmm. is like right, like right up there. Forever is a long time. Forever <laughs> is a long time. <laughs> so going into a marriage, it would behoove you to really wrap your brain around what forever is. Um, like, yeah. I tell people, you know, it, it sounds beautiful when I tell people that I've been married, you know, for so long and we've got this beautiful mm-hmm. family and, you know, and all of that. But there's a lot that went into that, you know what I mean? And there's a lot of change. There's a lot of growth. There's a lot of stuff that no one's really proud to display and talk about that goes into that. And we went into that knowing that this was a part of forever. So if you are expecting it to to come and go and only stay for a while and you're going to go through this little hurdle and that's it, that, I'm calling BS on that. And I really, really want you to, like, wake up because, that's not what it is. So take your time. Don't be listening to the magazines. Don't be rushing out here and listen to your homegirls when you see them rushing down the aisle and picking dresses and playing weddings and doing all of that. Take your time because the time that you have here is precious, whether that is solo or whether that is a part of a duo. So make sure when you choose to share your space, your energy, your care with someone, that that's really what you want to be doing because that is no – that that's nothing to be playing around with, like for real. Um, <laughs> Chan says she often asks herself, "Forever? Can you do this forever? Like that's real. There's nothing wrong with asking yourself that because you you get one life. There's not really a whole lot of do overs, and if you're getting married for the right reason, you don't expect a do over. So you should take the time to figure that part out. Cool. All right, question. <laughs> 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 no. I had a question. I, mean, I, I want to stop before you get to the next slide. I have a question from my live that says, how long have you been married? I have been married 15 years in July. Yep, July 9th. 15 years, half of her life. <laughs> right. My entire <laughs> life I have been married. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and y'all, 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 about forever, I was thinking, you know, what if people had a set time or they could resign from marriage? Now, I know we have divorces, but what if it wasn't frowned upon? So, like, when you got tired of that person, you could be like, I just want to resign and move on to the next <laughs> marriage. So, you wouldn't have to sign up for forever. You could have a clause like, I promise to give you this many years 
But once that come up, then you can have an option to buy or not. But I guess that's what a relationship is. We're going to renegotiate the contract after this. Yeah. yeah we're going to renegotiate after a few years. Yeah. I, you, and you know what? Not being funny, I don't know if you would agree with uh, will agree agree with me when I say this, but that almost happens. I mean, like there there are times when it does feel like not so much that you're renegotiating the, maybe not the contract, but you're renegotiating who you are trying to figure out how to make this work because you both have changed, and so it's like mm-hmm. you kind of there's there's there are seasons where it's like you know, and I call it the, you know, they call it the seven-year itch. I call it, I don't know what to call it, but sometime around year seven, <laughs> it's like, who are you and where did you come from and what happened to the person that, you know, that I married? Because people change and, and you almost feel mm-hmm. like you're renegotiating that contract. And like, okay, <laughs> so I used to do this and that was okay. Um, and I used to do that. But that's not okay. All right, all right, cool. I got, I got, it. I got it. Now. You, you almost feel like that's what you're doing. Yeah, you are. So I, I, I do agree with you, Wynn. I think we do it, but we just don't call it that. Um, and as far as going into a marriage under, with the understanding that we will have the opportunity to opt out, that's what I think is the part that makes me wonder why do it if you're going to opt out, even with the understanding that you might be able to opt back in. I don't I'd have to mull over and I've seen this question a couple of times in a different in a few different places and I've always kind of been back and forth with the whole opt out cuz then I wonder why opt in in the first place if you're going to opt out. I think I would be more willing to call it what it is. When we go through those valleys of not really connecting when we are saying, okay, you're doing something different, I'm doing something different, instead of making it a thing where it's something that, like the elephant in the room where we're going to grow quietly and (laughs) inside and hope that it doesn't disturb whatever it is you have going on over there, I think that if we, I don't know if it's a part of counseling or if it's just a way that we have to start reading, Having you know having the conversation about relationships, but I think we should be more comfortable with saying that hey, in a certain amount of time, let's get together and really like have that open and honest conversation. That there's no feelings in this as far as you not taking this personally. As far as like I'm coming for you, but like this is where I'm at. I don't want to do that anymore. I don't like this anymore. It doesn't do it for me like it used to do. You know what I'm saying? And if that person received that with we're not. Three years ago, you know, I still love you. I still enjoy doing this thing, but we might need to do this thing. Or, you know, I just think we should be more willing to accept the changes in each other and not take their personal change personal for us and understand that we're still individuals that have chosen to live and do life together. That doesn't mean we're one. See, then I no. Let me stop. Because then the then the church folks don't come for me when I say we're not one. But I'm gonna just be honest. We're not one person. You know what I mean? Spiritually, you're one person, but you are still an individual with wants, thoughts, needs, desires, preferences that are separate and apart from your mate. So those things do not have to mesh and automatically and always become the same. You know, you that yeah, will be okay. boring. Churches, then you will opt out permanently. Yeah, church people should Yeah, that's not there's nothing wrong with that. And I think anybody who thinks that. Who doesn't do that? That makes me nervous. You know, if you if you all of a sudden can't be who you are, um, yeah. Once you're married, that's that's a problem. But hold on, let me take this caller real quick because um, I know we got to move on. Um, caller eight seven one nine. What's your question or your comment? 
I just want to say, I think that's something else that I think that I, I, you really don't typically hear in relationships. I just jumped on. This is Donnell. But hey, usually in relationships, that's probably something that you don't hear about. You don't hear about, you know, other individuals when you give yourself to a, a person and you be so consumed within the obligations of your relationship that you do tend to lose the sense of your identity where you have to go back and kind of learn yourself again. That way you can understand how to contribute to your relationship in a meaningful manner. You never hear about that. But I've been married 12 years, and I think me and my wife have both went through seasons where we're kind of at that point where it's like, okay, I don't, I don't even know who you are. It's almost like a roommate. Yeah. But then because you have so much invested in so, man, that's, that's some really good, uh, good advice. Definitely something that most people yeah. don't think about. Yeah. But I, mean, I, I wouldn't mind <laughs> having like right. a prepaid relationship. Y'all know y'all out of line for talking about prepaid and renewal contracts and negotiations in certain <laughs> terms. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> all right, man. Thanks for calling me. Some people want it. Chad, you got a question? And then, oh, um, I have a. I had a live comment um, from uh, Mr. Trotter that says love does have love does have a lot to do with marriage, but I think the acceptance of the individual roles as far as husband slash wife needs to be taken into consideration. I think what happens what happens is people are enamored of the security that marriage brings, but they don't want to feel like they are giving up their individuality in the process. Mm-hmm. Very good point. Yep. Okay. When do you have any more comments? No, Will Will says uh, Will says that uh, Q you preaching, and then he said I was preaching too. So nope, we're good. (laughs) (laughs) Will, I will. I'm saying Will on everybody's line, but we're already talking about two different Wills. My bad. Will 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 Bradley for president. I'm talking about Will Bradley for president. Okay. Right, right, right. Um, our favorite video commenter. Chan um, yes. says individuality is still important when you're married, and she encourages her son and daughter-in-law to participate in couples' activities at their church. Most of the couples are older than them, but the questions um, asked will be the same. Seek wisdom. That's good. I I agree with that. Your 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 babies are young, so and they have a family and all that. So I think that is that's good to have a foundation of people that you can go to to seek that information, that wisdom. That's cool. That is cool. And it's a comfy environment. I would hope. I don't know your church, but I will hope. Um, Carrie says that she doesn't even expect <laughs> she doesn't expect to get married again, but she wouldn't rule it out. Um, which is, I think that's good, Carrie. I don't. I think that it's good to stay open because you never know what's coming. And I know you personally and all the stuff that you've been going through. So uh, I think that's a good, good, good place. Carrie is doing the thing. I don't care what she says. I'm getting married. Darn that. about to have me out here looking crazy. Do what you do, Carrie. Do what you do. Okay, Panda. Okay, Panda. Panda, 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 Panda. All right, we're going to go. <laughs> yeah, we're going to go. Uh, so this is the segment. <laughs> we're we'll 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 
Very good. Uh, we do have uh, a caller on the line that is going to, a, a male caller that is going to be a part of this tonight. And the hot topic is women. What's something you don't understand about men? And the men have to respond, you know, in the, have to reply to the women's comments on this particular post. So what I'm going to do just to make it interesting, is I'm going to alternate between uh, Mr. Darnell Cole, who is on the line with us, and our uh, very own Winfred, and ask these questions. I'm going to pick some random questions from the post. And are you guys ready? Is everybody ready? Darnell, you ready, man? Come on. (laughs) So, I want to start it off with a with a uh, okay. with a good one. And if uh Daniel, you, re- you ready, Daniel? Uh huh. I'm ready. Can you hear me? I can hear you now, man. Okay, if perfect. You, yeah, let's do it. If you have a question out there in the live world, put it on any of our lives, and we'll try to get it on too. So, <laughs> this question is probably a little tough, but we're going to start with the tough one. And the question says. Why are hoes winning? Mm. <laughs> and I am going to give that to our guest. We'll let you go first if you are our guest. And you can tell a little bit about yourself, but the question is, why are hoes winning? Wow. Interesting. <laughs> why are hoes exactly. winning? Exactly. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, so I'll take this question. So in my opinion... <laughs> Considering we live in a type of culture that loves to indulge in things that sees who we are and having things our way whenever we want to have it and however we want to have it and whenever we want to have it, that's probably why it's most likely seen like hoes are winning. Plus, we have, like, you know, Olivia Pope and some of the side chicks is being broadcast with such a powerful image that it just seems like, I guess, hoeing is the thing to do, depending on their perspective of what it means to be a hoe and be winning. Okay. Okay. When did you want to expand or you want the next question? Next question. You did you did good. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the next question is why are men inconsistent? Ooh. Why are men inconsistent? I don't, I, I'm gonna be okay. Why am I inconsistent? Because that's a good question. Why am I inconsistent? <laughs> <laughs> I think some of it has to do with the fact that we don't. I don't know. I can't answer that. I don't know. Inconsistent regarding what? Yeah, I don't. I, I think so. I think that when a man is inconsistent. Um, first of all, I would say it depends on what you defining inconsistent because sometimes what y'all define as inconsistent is really not inconsistent. It just doesn't meet what you want. And so I think we have to determine the difference between your expectation and what we're actually doing. So Okay, we're gonna so that's so we're gonna define we're gonna go with consistently doing an action over and over. So 
Yeah, I mean, we don't know what, what, what that means. Because uh, if you're talking about, for example, um, why does it, why is, why would a man call every day or text every day and all of a sudden stop? It could be a couple of reasons. It could be he got busy. It could be he didn't feel like you appreciated it. It could be he just don't like you like that. It could be you know it could be several reasons. Um, but typically, it just yeah. William says because we'd be tired sometimes and we need to decompress. Um, I yeah. I want to figure out you mean yeah. yeah okay. Men agree. I don't. Yeah. I guess I don't need that. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Sometimes, like I mean, sometimes the stuff that we're doing, we're not. We're doing it because it's what y'all like, and not necessarily because what we want. And after a while, it's like you know what? I'm tired. Like I need a break today. So, who knows? It could be. It could be several reasons. Okay, we'll accept that. So the next question is, why are men okay? Dating multiple women, but get mad when women do the same. And Donnell, this is your turn. Your turn. Because men have this thing called pride. We have this sense of ownership that like that we like to to, to feel like well, we're I wouldn't say necessarily superior, but we like to feel like we're dominant in certain areas um, when it comes to relationships. And when a man feels like he's not placed in that position, that typically makes him feel like he has a sense of power. It is, it's, it's a hit against his ego. Yep. Okay. I agree. It's a form of insecurity, form of inadequ- inadequacy that can happen from it. But, you know, yeah. I agree. I agree. Okay. I can, I can understand that. Winfrey, yep. another good one for you. Why do men act uninterested until someone else wants her. So why mm. do you mean to this woman somebody else wants her? I want to know the answer to this too. Yes. So, so let me say. Come on, Pam. So why do why do men <laughs> first of all, let's be let me even though we're talking about men, everybody does. It. Women do that too. But let me ask you a question. Uh-huh. The reason we, the reason, because y'all do that too. You get a woman, and at the woodwork, everybody and their mama always used to like you. Mm-hmm. Like, where were you at when I couldn't get a date? Anyway, mm-hmm. I digress. Mm-hmm. The reason we do it is simple. Everybody wants what they cannot have. Psychologically, everybody wants what they cannot have. And when you see, when you when you see that you can have something, there's not a sense of urgency. So with a man. When like 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 Darnell just said, that whole thing of I have to conquer, I have to go after, I have to possess. When that's challenged, um, what it does is it kicks our um, our pride, our whatever, into overdrive, and now it's like I have to do whatever I need to do to make sure that I have her attention and I'm the person who she wants to be with. Okay. Yeah, that's all it is. <laughs> okay. So, Donnell, this uh-huh. question says, uh, why do men, why do some men think we are supposed to know how they feel about us, good or bad, if they never tell us? We just have to figure mm-hmm. it out. Then you get upset if we ask. 
Thank you, that question. <laughs> ask, ask me that question again. What? What was the question? Why? Why do some men think we or women are supposed to know how they feel about us, whether it's good or bad, if they never tell us? And then you get upset if they ask you. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe it's the way that a woman is asking. I think that that communication thing that that works both directions as well. Women feel it the same thing. They want men to kind of guess how they're feeling about certain things. If men ask certain times, in most instances, they may deny it. But I don't think every man gets upset. Maybe it's just that they're asking a question in such a way that it makes it feel like they're questioning, I don't know, maybe their intellect or anything like that. But I couldn't see myself being upset about a woman asking how. I don't I don't know. I, I guess it, it depends on, on what men you would be talking about. Can I, can I piggyback what you on that? Yeah. yeah. So I think, yeah. Part of that, I think part of that also is um, – I lost my thought that quick. But I think part of it has to do with the fact that men – there it is. Men typically show how they feel, whereas women typically say how they feel. And so yeah. we think that we're – by the things that we're doing, we're communicating that we care or how we feel. But then when we don't, and y'all don't necessarily, and not, not everybody, not all women, but you all, women typically need to hear it uh, as well as see it. And so sometimes we're, we get caught up in the, you know, in the how we show or say how we feel as opposed to, you know, the execution of it as opposed to really kind of understanding. So sometimes you have to look and say, he might not say he loves me, but he knows that I like you know, I, I want him to take out the garbage. I want him to listen to me and talk about, you know, whatever. He does those things, so those are his way of showing uh-huh. that he loves me and uh-huh. that he cares about me. And I think sometimes we miss that. William says because yeah, like, women. William says because women have a tendency to use his vulnerability against him when they're being evil. I actually oh. can see that. And that's that's what that's that was down. Yep. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. 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 Oh, you know what else? A person might be upset if they're consistently showing it, but that person may not interpret it, interpret the way that they communicate how they like to feel as well. Yep. So I can see I can see a person what, being upset about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why I can see like the love languages and stuff coming in. Yeah. Because as we mm-hmm. as we learn each other. We learned that okay, if you get to know that your person's thing is acts of service, and you're trying to give them words of affirmation, it's going over right. their head. They're not. They're not catching. Yeah, yeah, they're not catching that. Okay. I can see that. Good point. And I have a juicy question for this one, so both of y'all can answer, and our live participants. So, it says when you meet a guy and you all are dating, talking all the time, spending time with each other, and really feeling each other, why do men just disappear? Phone calls are a little to none existed. Texts are few and far in between, and all, all of a sudden become too busy to do anything. What's that about? Okay, so I'm gonna take I'm gonna take the, the the reality is again when things first start when a relationship 
like we talked about earlier, that feeling of that rush is, is, is there. It's easy. It's fresh. You, don't, you have a whole bunch of stuff to talk about. We are in pursuit mode. We are ready to go. Mm-hmm. We're trying to do everything we can to impress you. When we get you, then all of a sudden we get comfortable. People just get comfortable. And on top mm-hmm. of that, when you first meet somebody, a lot of things that you would normally do, you stop doing. So like um, like Danielle said earlier, when you get in a relationship or you get married, all of a sudden you don't go to the gym. You might not go to the gym as much. You might not, you know, read your, you know, read your Bible. You don't go to church as much, whatever. But then all of a sudden once you get settled, all of that stuff is like, wait a minute. Let me get back to some of this other stuff that I was normally doing. Let me talk to my boys who I ain't talked to in, in six months. Let me start, you know, and so some of that is, is that. Some of it could be, again, just that we don't have as much to talk about. And so because we don't have as much to talk about, like, I don't need to sit up on the phone to 3, 4, 30 in the morning listening to you breathe anymore. Like, that was sexy right. in month one. But in year two, <laughs> go to bed. I'm going to talk to you in the morning. Like, it's just a reality. So so I wouldn't take that as a bad thing all the time. Sometimes we just listen, we're settling into normal and that's okay. Okay. I'm gonna play I'm gonna play Dave, devil's advocate. <laughs> uh man, the dopamine is not flying no more, the mental stimulation is gone. I mean the neurons and protons and all the flashy stuff is gone, you're born. I'm pretty much done with you after after a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what you say, Daddy? No, I'm just playing. Uh, no, it depends on, on the individual, man. So I've heard a couple situations. One, it just be sometimes a person can hit, hit a red flag, and maybe you're just ignoring the red flags after a certain amount of time, and you get to that point in that relationship where you're like, maybe this is not so much of what I thought it was going to be, and maybe a person needs to pull back. Um, it could be what Woodford said, definitely like the mental stimulation is dying down because after a while everything that we had this sparks flying is no longer existing. It could be it could be the man has gotten what he really wanted to have and now he's on to the next thing. I mean there's many things that could that could really be a reason why a man no longer wants to communicate with a female after a certain period of time. But I will say this, it is human nature for a person to give their time where they feel like a priority stands the most. So if a man feels like you're a priority, he's definitely going to give you a time. If he's not busy or something like that, but in any means, you should be able to clearly communicate that instead of feeling like a person is going to completely abandon a relationship if you're on the same, you know, playing field, the same level ground, you know? Mm-hmm. I think, Kel, can I interject in this? Because I think the fellows have taken this com- this question very literally as far as giving us line items of reasons why they may not call, they may ghost us. I think the the root of this question is why will you just not tell us that it's not working? What about it keeps you uh, from, from expressing okay. to us okay. that you're good, you know, instead of leaving us with all the 50 questions as to why it doesn't work, why right. it didn't work. Oh, that's that's the easy answer right there. Yeah, that's easy. Yeah. That's the easy answer. We don't want to hear we don't want to hear the wrath of Jesus when y'all go up on us. That's all it is. <laughs> don't nobody yeah. don't nobody wanna hear about every negative thing that y'all been holding back and then we know y'all gonna blast us on social media for six months. 
We ain't ish. We ain't our mamas ain't nothing. Our breath stink. The sex was whack. I'm gonna can I I'm y'all gonna go through all the the quadri of things. We ain't we was broke all along. You held us down. Y'all nobody wanna hear that. So we just disappeared. That is selfish. If a man doesn't give you closure, he's being selfish because if you don't like close the door, there still might be a time that you want to go back and revisit certain things. Listen, I agree, it's selfish, but it's also not selfish, and I want to hear all of that. I don't want to hear it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Another uh, guy actually commented on the post to this question and says, uh, "My experiences have led me to believe when you treat a lady right and like she's never been treated, she immediately goes into territorial mode." You can tell her everything from jump, but because Man. you have respect, morals, and treat people well, she's like, I can't let this one get away. And then she starts doing that wife stuff, and you like, wait, wait, wait. Then y'all don't even have to talk about sex, and sex happens, and then she's fully invested at that point. And meanwhile, he, he's like just cool because he said from jump he wasn't looking. I'm assuming for anything. Although he feels there good, you and y'all still doesn't change his initial thoughts. That's a very good transparent. Yep. Um, yeah, that's, that's what I was saying. Yep. Yeah, the red flag, man. I'm telling you. <laughs> it's true. That's, that's I mean, true. Yeah, that, 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 that ghost thing hurts, but, you know, I, mean, I ain't one of them women that would be like, oh, he got to tell me to my face. You look two tries, two tries, and I don't get no answer. I'm done. You deleted it. It's control. I'll delete. I'm not supposed to be. Sitting up pining and letting my feelings be hurt over and over. Move on. Being ghosted hurts. <laughs> it hurts. Being ghosted hurts. Yeah, I'm not, gonna, I'm not gonna keep looking for you either. I'm the same way, Kels. Yeah. Now I've never been. Yeah. you like I've got it one or two times and then I'm done. You know, I don't. Mm-hmm. You'll find me. You know where I'm at. Just <laughs> like this, and if, and if I'm feeling like it, then I'll I'll be around. But yeah, I'm not gonna keep looking for you. Um, <laughs> William, he said so. Should both parties ask? Uh oh, it's booted away. Um, he said so should both parties ask themselves in the beginning what happens um, with us after the novelty is gone. I said to that that I don't think people would really be honest in that question because the the plan, when if you do it at the beginning when everything is warm and fuzzy the energy is going to make it so that everybody leaves on warm and fuzzy terms and we're going to be friends and I'll call you later but by the time by the time you get to the, to the real moment of realizing that it's not working, you just want to be done. So at that point, all the plan kind of goes out the window for that. But um, William says he always asks that question uh, with someone when he's serious about them. So, Man, that's a good question. How the plan did that get? Did that really work? <laughs> say, look, say the question again. I might need to make notes. Say the question again. He said, what will we, how will we, let me go back because I don't want to miss it, you know, William be dropping them nuggets on us. So should both right. parties ask themselves in the beginning what happens with us after the novelty is gone? After the novelty is gone. Okay. Novelty is the key okay. word. All words matter, y'all. Right. Novelty. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Okay. So next question. This is another money question. So <laughs> I want to. Pose it at Winfrey, but Donnell, you're welcome to if you would like to, you know, add to it. Why do okay. men lie? Why do men lie? Even when we, parentheses women, know the truth. Well, you said that why do men lie? What? Why do men lie even when we know the truth? I just said 
we as in women talking about women? Why oh. do men lie even when they know the truth? Because y'all don't. That's a man answer for real, because you know, they stick it to it, honey, because you don't, y'all know the truth. Yeah. Listen, I'm going to tell, tell you this phrase, this phrase that we, that we go by, a lot of, that a lot of us go by. You take some things, you take to the grave. You can, listen, I, that was not me. I, I don't know what you're talking about. I didn't do it. That Nope, I know that looks like me, but that is not me. Like, you take some stuff to the grave, and that's just the reality of it. We, yeah, sorry. I'm not saying I do this. I just want to say, I'm not saying that I do this. I'm just merely saying that that's how me, that's how me think. I just want to throw that out there. Don't be in my inbox talking about, I can't believe you. I I really just, yeah. I can lightweight get to the grave if she doesn't know already. But if she knows, Carrie commented receipt. Most women, if we're asking you, we know already, and we have received. Mm-hmm. So it's more harm for you holding on to that and, and, like, insulting our intelligence than it does to just say it. Let us know. I know that it doesn't Thank always you. work this way. I know. I know. I know. Thank you, Danielle. I know that sometimes we let it go. No doubt. If a woman if a woman ever asks anything, she knows the answer to it, bro. It's like the only reason yeah. you would lie is if you knew for a fact, like, bro, you better have the lottery numbers straight up. Because there's no point <laughs> in it unless you just decided, you know what, I'm just like a master manipulator. And, um, yeah, it, it wasn't me. If you could pull it off, I don't know, man. The kind of women that I've saw, that ask questions like that, it's just, it's just, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Unless, unless the chick is naive. If she's naive and you just like, yo, you know the answer, but I'm just smooth enough to get away with it, that's the only reason I can see a man really wanting to lie about it because at the end of the day, there's not really going to be any any repercussions. But, you yeah. know, that's it. Yeah. Hey, okay, my motto, I'm glad y'all honest, but my motto is ask him no questions and he'll tell you no lies. So mm-hmm. I stop asking all them questions. Jessica, Jessica says, "For me, I don't ask if I if I. For me, I don't ask if I know the answer. I just speak what I know and go on about my business. I'm smart. Yeah, this is what you got to do. But I, but I will say this though: just because a woman asks the question, don't mean that her perception of reality is necessarily the truth either. There you go. Sometimes you women go. see certain things, they see certain things, right. and it, it it look a certain way, but it's not really that way. It's kind of like the commercial." It
it in our imagination. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Shantae <laughs> said she said that sometimes we ask we ask to see if you will lie. I've done it plenty of times. Yeah, y'all do that. And that's what I'm saying. Sometimes y'all yeah. y'all but then like you said, y'all are asked to see if we're alive, but then y'all are asked a question. You be like, they ain't got nothing to like y'all try to Jedi mind trick us. So <laughs> of course we just so we just come to the conclusion of if we stick with the script then if we already lost, we already lost. We just gonna go ahead and take the L either way. But if she playing with us to ask if she, if she really don't know, then maybe I might come out of this okay. But but fellas, I'm gonna tell you the truth. Just tell the truth. Just tell the truth. Is my official. There answer. you go. But hey, but I'm saying. But on the bright side, that it, that may be something that he's consistent at. That was another question. <laughs> he may be consistent at it. <laughs> You know, find that silver lining with you. Yeah. <laughs> so, how, do you, how do you be consistent? At, how, do you, how do you be consistent with answering hypothetical questions? Things that never happened. Yeah. <laughs> We're gonna look at the next question because you know, we can be on that one. We can be on that one tomorrow. Face to face, eye to eye questioning is always interesting. I agree. So I think that men will lie. Will lie when females don't send you screenshots, but that's because I'm gonna listen. That's because they can manipulate screenshots with the technology that we have right now. So screenshots true. are not always true. So uh-huh. I'm just saying, you can't screenshot. Uh-huh. A screenshot is not infallible. Infallible proof of evidence. I just want to say that. What if we get the screenshots? We are gonna get them notarized. What if we get them? This is great. Nope. Nope. You know, <laughs> you know, the 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 what, can I get some description of what good means and what bad means? You know, we're talking, we're talking good like holy and like you know bad like petty or bad like dirty or. <laughs> well, several women have several women have asked the same question in different ways. We had some that said, you know, you say you want a good girl, but I see you dating a a thought. Uh, <laughs> Some are making <laughs> making holes in the housewives. Okay. So yeah, I I, would, I know like, it is subjective, but I have to say I I'll say, go with the wholesome woman because my wife said usually the good girls are really the freaks, so I'll go with the wholesome woman. Interesting. One point. He slid his wife in there. Good job, bro. Good yeah, job. he did. Yeah, he did. That was good. That was good. Okay. Talk about that. Yeah. Okay, Winfrey. We got a, we got time for a couple more questions, guys. So, Winfrey. Wait, the question is, do I prefer a, a good girl or or so I or want, a bad girl? I'm gonna say, uh, I need somebody who is good to me. 
uh, in the right times and bad at the wrong time. I like a little thing. I look a little gangster in my girls. You got to have a little mm. bit of, you know, you got to you got to have a little you want to roll with me. So. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I got a mellow face on right now. Mm, I'm kind of into it. You got your who face on? My Carmelo, you know, the gift where he's leaning back like, oh, yeah. Like, I'm leaning back right now. Look good. If you too good, we can't get down because, you know, I can't wear my Tim's with you. I got to, you know, keep my church shoes on. No, I got to be able to wear my Tim's and I got to be able to wear my good church shoes. So, yeah. And survive a lunch with me, Kells, and Wynn together at the same table. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. I need you to, I need you to be able to handle the hang in the church in the boardroom and I also need yep. you to be able to, you know, to drop it in the bedroom. Amen. Praise the Lord. Mm. Amen. Okay, last Amen. question. Last question. Hold on, and I lost. Oh. Why is it when we ask you to get something, it's so hard to find when that something is in plain sight. Yeah, that was an interesting question. I, I saw that one. That was interesting. Because <laughs> <laughs> I've done that before, so I know. I know what they mean. <laughs> you know, I think, I think it's just, I'm going to say it like this. I think it's like cleaning. But have you ever seen a man clean and then you walk in the room and go, that ain't even clean. But in his mind, his heart of hearts, he believes that he cleaned it really good. I think what it boils down to that men have completely different kinds of vision. Like we spot these things. Like it's like, nope, not there, not there, not there. I can't find this. Whereas it's there, and most, for most ladies there, you all have a level of attention to detail that we just don't have in a lot of instances. And so I think we just don't, we don't see it. Period. We don't see it. Okay. Unless it's where we that think is. it's supposed to be, we don't see it. That is. Did you want to respond? Did we lose that deal? I think we did. Yeah, we did. <laughs> well... <laughs> Mm-hmm. Oh, we got a Hold on, I'm sorry. No, we didn't. No, we didn't. No, we didn't. Here he is. Hold on. There he is. Okay. Okay. okay I'm here. Can you hear me? Yep. Oh, we can hear you. Okay. Oh uh, yeah. Um, basically, uh, the human anatomy of a woman. I think y'all have bigger frontal lobes, so you guys are a little bit more detail oriented. Either that, or you're a little bit more compulsive than men and unappreciative of the work that we really put in, because we have to put like 25 more times into effort to do some of the things that you guys can do that's pretty simple and easy. So that's my thoughts on that. Oh, how educational. <laughs> I, just, I just like to have something to say because I'll, like, I'll be sweating cleaning the front room. And my wife is like, hey, like, the couch looks amazing, but did you look like right there in front of the couch? And I'm like, dang, I didn't right. see it. Right. Like, that's crazy. How did I, exactly. Like, I mean, and, and you feel like you're giving, like, your best work, bro, the whole four rooms. Yes. And I'm yeah, like, yeah. yo, the whole four room is dirty, but you can see how well I did the couch. And she's like, well, yeah, well, yeah. So I agree with you, Winford. It's true, man. It has to be something about the human anatomy of a woman. I really think the front of love thing is a good excuse. I appreciate it. <laughs> 
Well, that concludes our hot topic of ask the big questions. So maybe next week I have a one of the ladies that might want to come on from the group yes. and ask answer questions from the from the men. Oh, yes, I'm gonna start checking out questions yes. tonight. <laughs> Well, uh, Daniel, oh. thanks for joining us. Do you want to um, just kind of tell us about you? Why we didn't introduce you at the beginning, so want to tell us about you and before we sign off. Hey, very awesome, very awesome. Yes, well, I am a, a Tulsa, Oklahoma native. Uh, four daughters, been married ten years. Ten years, had to think about it. Uh, four <laughs> amazing daughters, a financial advisor, so I have my own business. I also work with a. Uh, with one of Kel's friends, Shamar, at a company out in uh, Shawnee. And, hey, I'll be a published author in 90 awesome. days. So I'm working on a book. So it's hey. pretty exciting. Yeah. Uh, I do have a bachelor's degree and a master's degree in, in, in nonprofit. So uh, my mama didn't raise no fool. Hey, and I love God. I'm, I'm one of those guys that really love Jesus. So I teach. I'm like the Sunday school teacher at, uh, at our church. So. Uh, really passionate about empowerment and really passionate about ministry and really giving back in any way that I can. That's awesome. Cool. We definitely want to have you back. Yeah. We've got to have you back, especially to promote the book. So um, I know we kind of went over on time. Do you want to skip the song or you still want to do the song? No, let's go for it. We all right. Okay. So the next, this uh, segment, the hot topic, is brought to you by Kirby King Clothing, where self-reflection is perfection. Uh, please be on the lookout for some new tanks and tees and things for the summer coming out from Kirby Kitten. You can find us at www.curvykittens.com. And our next song is Love Unconditional by T. The Truth featuring Tone Jones, Tony Jones. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's go. Yay. Uh-huh. Yay. Yay. What we got right now for Yay. you is a Toe Jones. Yay. See the truth collaboration. It's okay to not hear. Remember feeling empty, thinking what it was. I needed to treat it the meaning to give me purpose. Without that unconditional love, I just felt worthless. On the surface, looking good, but deeply I'm in a battle. Made a choice to follow the streets and slaughter my peeps just like the cattle. Now I'm stressing, here's the lesson. It's a hard pill to swallow. When you realize that ain't no love up in a bottle. Ain't trying to sound like I'm preaching, but to the ones I'm reaching. Love was meant for us all. If not, then why we seek it? Feeling defeated and broken when it's gone. Glad your pain in your heart and you're feeling so alone. I've been there, that's why I'm speaking from experience Somebody loves you even deeper than you think it is I'm serious, the message if you're curious Praying that you're hearing this The type of love I'm talking about is no, not in the telling me No, I made my mistakes and no But all I want is love unconditional Love unconditional I don't deserve it, no But it would be worth 
flaws, I made mistakes. Thank my mama who prayed, got keep my baby safe. That's unconditional love, cause no, I didn't deserve it. I was breaking her heart and doing dirt on purpose. Until the night she cried, it changed how I felt inside. On 21st of Minnesota, from a G to a soldier, homies looking at me different. Saying I didn't change, but this ain't how I remember it. The rule of the game is stay alive and be there for your fam. You gotta go while I for yours, I hope you understand. You ain't gonna get it on your own, you need to make a plan. But it just won't work at all, leaving that that man. You know what I'm saying. Cause when I speak on, I know somebody weak on. If they can't help you be strong, you gotta tell them be gone. Get gone, get gone. They mean to say it twice. Wanna say up in my life, you gotta love me like Christ. That's unconditional. That's unconditional. Hope you really understand what that means. to wait for part two. 
So things that are hard to do because you won't feel like it. There are seven of them, and we're just going to hit you with three tonight, okay? So I know that earlier on the segment you were talking about why love isn't enough for marriage, I believe it was. And I definitely will have to um, go back to listen more of that. But I just wanted to add something um, to the pot to help you to know what certain principles, I believe, and um, characteristics uh, what can extend uh, the conversation about what you may need um, in order to cultivate in yourself when you're considering marriage or you're in a marriage, okay? And um, ironically, love is still one of them. We're going to put a twist on it, okay? (laughs) So right now, we are in a season of change. As we know, we're transitioning from winter to spring, you guys, right? We're in the second quarter of this beautiful year of 2018. So right about now in April, happy April to everyone, you may be being challenged a little bit um, in your commitment level, right, in certain things. Um, We know, don't feel bad, it's common to all humanity. Right about now, about that fourth month out of the 12, probably all New Year's resolutions are pretty much out the window, okay? I know that you got got the gym membership and you committed to going five times a week, okay, but you probably are struggling to push out a one, you know, I know that you made a commitment towards that diet plan, you're going to go vegan, vegan in 2018, you tried to even come up with a rhyme for it, right, but you couldn't, and then, you know, you just settled for your, you just settled for your pork chops, I know, okay, you are probably being challenged in your commitments right about now, so we're going to help you out, because, listen, challenge are for the champions, okay, that's not even in my notes, y'all, y'all should please that challenge is for champions (laughs) challenge is for champions so these are principles that you will most likely never feel like doing okay emphasis on feel but you have to simply make a choice about it you have to be intentional and then you just have to do it all right i want to let you know that you're in good company prior to emotional development uh, with myself and probably many people abroad people are going to wait more so for feelings to determine their behavior in most situations okay we live in a very do what i feel you know kind of like a society right and culture. We have a do what I feel mentality, but I need to let you know that emotional intelligence and emotional maturity is less about a feeling of something and more about a decisive dedication decision towards something, okay, and and to stand by it once you make it, whether you feel like it or not, all right, and that's the sign of a true leader, okay? I'll say that again. When you have emotional intelligence and maturity, it's less about a feeling about something and more about a decisive, dedicated, dedicated decision towards something and to stand by it, whether you feel like it or not. And that's the sign of a true leader. So the first thing that you're going to um, have to do because you don't feel like it, it's going to be hard, is love, actually. Okay, so I'm going to place, like, verbs in front of these nouns, all right, to give you some functional functional directive, because you know I like to give you stuff you can use and be practical, right? So you're going to have to choose love, okay? That's number one. You're going to have to choose love, all right? Yes, you can choose love, okay? Notice I didn't say feel love. I said choose love, okay? Some of the um, adjectives uh, or synonyms we should would say for love is regard, to relish, to respect. I like that one. Sentiment. It's a soft spot. It's a taste. It's a tenderness. It's weakness, worship, yearning, and zeal. Listen, I'm sure that you've heard before that love is not a feeling. Love is a choice, right? 
Now, I do, um, you know, in defense, certainly I think that you should and will experience feelings associated with love, and at some point you should, um, probably otherwise I would question it. But equally, I submit to you that you will not know how much you love until you don't feel like loving. Okay, let me say that again. You will not know how much you love until you don't feel like loving. And you still have to dedicatively decide to love anyway. Ain't that something? Even when you don't feel like loving, you have to dedicatively decide to love anyway. Listen, according to 1 Corinthians 13, this is related to agape love in the scriptures, okay? So I want to run down some of these descriptors because I really think it best to paint the, uh, it paints the best picture, um, the ultimate picture of how far-reaching love goes. Okay, and it's pretty, it's pretty heavy, and it's pretty weighty. So hold on to your seats. Okay, so some of these things, you know, are suggesting that love thinks the best of everyone, not someone, not the people you love, right? Not your boo boo kitty. Everyone, even your enemies. You think the best of your enemies. Love hopes all things. It bears up under all things without weakening. Yikes! Love is patient. Love is kind. Love never keeps record of wrong. Ooh, we wives, husbands. All right, I'm I'm gonna jump off that. Okay, that ain't my um lane. All right, we need a broader definition of what love is. We need a broader definition of what love is, you guys. Listen, I want you to consider all those things that I just mentioned concerning love, okay? And know that you don't feel it all the time. It's not like the goosebumps, right? And it's not always associated with the um, honeymoon period, right? But you still have to choose love, okay? And love is a much broader, much broader, much, much, much more broader definition than what we've limited it to, all right? Number two, you have to have courage, all right? Some, uh, something that w- will be hard to do because you won't feel like it is courage. You have to have courage. That's number two. Listen. Uh, courage, okay, some synonyms for courage are fearlessness, I like that one, firmness, fortitude, gallantry, gameness, grit, it's guts, hardihood, that's a word, heroism, <laughs> intrepid, intrepidity, that was hard for, oh, sorry to pronounce, I'm a wordsmith, and lionheartedness, lionheartedness, okay, this courage is a doozy, you guys, don't sleep on this, okay, because many people who think they have it, don't as much as they believe that they do, okay? So you have to have courage, all right? You, listen, courage has to be put on. You got to take on courage. You got to put it on like a coat, okay? You got to take courage, all right? It's a very, it's a warfare tactic. It's a, it's a very forcible, offensive act, all right? Courage, all right? It's very offensive um, posture. Very rarely do you feel courage, all right? You just have to own courage, All right, I'm going to say that again. Very rarely will you ever feel courage. You just have to own courage. There's a quick read uh, resource that I want to recommend to all of you. I probably have done it before. I'll do it again. It is called Do It Afraid by Joyce Meyer. Okay, I do recommend um, this quick read because um, she talks about how you have to do things afraid. This is all about taking on courage and do it while the feelings of fear are still there. Feelings of fear are very real, but they don't go away or evaporate. We need to know. So you have to plow through your fears, okay? Plow through your fears. I choose the word plow there because fear can feel like a mighty force, okay? A great wall of China. Yes, it can. 
<laughs> so you got to bolster, okay, the fears that are presenting itself before you. You got to bolster through those fears very intentionally, okay, like a Mack truck. You got to run towards it full speed ahead. And you have to declare to that fear that it doesn't have a hold on you. And and how you do that is to take on courage. Got it? You got to take on courage. Number three, what you need, uh, something that will be very hard to do because you don't feel like it, is to take risks, okay? So number one, we have choose love. Number two, we have to have courage. And number three, you need to take risks. Take risks. What is a risk? Synonyms are openness. I like that. Opportunity. Peril. Uh-oh. Plunge. <laughs> Possibility. Prospect. Shot in the dark. <laughs> Speculation. It's getting ugly. Stab. Stab. <laughs> Uncertainty. Ooh-wee. And venture. Okay? You have to take risks. Listen. When you are unsure and you don't have all of the answers, I admonish mm-hmm. you, you have to use wisdom and courage, all right, in order to take the risk. Even when you, um, going back to why love isn't enough for marriage, right, even when choosing a spouse, you are still taking measurable risks about your choice because you don't know totally that you're making your best choice Okay, most of the time, I'm certain many spouses can attest to that, when walking down the aisle, ergo having cold feet, right? That came from somewhere, okay? So you don't know that you're making the best choice, but you say yes anyway. But you say yes anyway with as much security, calculation, and sense of rightness that you can muster and you leap and you go for it and you jump. And that's really what taking risks is all about. Taking risks is about stepping out on what is necessary regardless of the fear. I'll say that again. Taking risks is about stepping out on what is necessary regardless of the fear. Another example I have is entrepreneurship, guys. As many of us are on the line and definitely all my um, Scoop Squad, we're all entrepreneurs, right? And many of you in Scoop Nation are. So in entrepreneurship, listen, I'm, I'm going to give my story. When I became an entrepreneur, I never felt so ill-equipped, inadequate, and just plain dumb in my life. <laughs> Okay, I just never, ever experienced it, okay? And in many respects, I still do. But guess what I do? Mm-hmm. I dare to leap into it again every day, doing what? <laughs> Loving my passion, courage that I can be successful, and making a dedicated decision to jump every time, every time, especially when I'm very afraid. Okay, you must hear that especially for my business owners, okay? You have to dare to leap into it every day, doing what? Loving your passion, having courage that you can and will be successful, and make a dedicated decision to jump every time, especially when you feel very afraid. Don't get me wrong, okay? There is a space for proper or adequate timing. I'm not discounting that altogether, but it's not nearly as often as people use that excuse for. I'll tell you that much. Listen, people talk themselves out of opportunity and taking chances by saying it's not time yet. All the time. We do it every day. 
okay? Listen, news flash, all right? I'm going to give you breaking news, all right, on this April 3rd, 2018. If you follow that principle, okay, of always saying it's not time yet, you'll be waiting until the day you die, and you would not have accomplished anything. It's so true. I hate to break it to you. If you follow the principle, always saying it's not time yet, you, you're you the master one, you're the one that coined that phrase and know it in 10 different languages, you will be waiting until the day that you die and you will not have accomplished anything. It. It's been said, and I love this quote, that there is no perfect time. Rather, you choose the time and make it perfect. If I mind, y'all, I just love it, okay, and I'm going to give it to you, okay? There is no perfect time. Rather, you choose the time and you make it perfect. Listen, so we have work to do, okay? I'm going to give you some life work with these three principles, all right? Number one, whether you are a Christian or not, I encourage you to read and meditate on the template of love given in 1 Corinthians 13. And I want you to aim to appropriate one of those principles intentionally for the rest of the month of April. And then after doing so and while doing so, I want you to consider your experience with yourself and others, okay? I guarantee if you're doing it intentionally and you're doing it consistently, you're going to experience some change in some areas. You're, you're going to have some encounters, all right? So that's your number one life work for your love walk. Number two, for the, um, for the, uh, the second principle of courage, for your courage walk, what you want to do is address the fear that usually holds you back the most and put on and take courage concerning it in a very practical way that will give you more liberty in that area, okay? That's number two. And number three, for the risk, I want you to take a small or a sizable risk that you've been procrastinating about due to fear for probably a very long time now, and I want you to dare yourself to take a leap and jump, even if the result is falling flat on your face, at least you will know you will never be able to say that you didn't try it, okay? Can you do that for me? Please, please, please. I want you to apply the life work towards your love walk, towards taking courage, and towards towards having courage and taking risks, and I promise you, you will come out a thousand times better and equipped beyond love for marriage. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Any questions, comments, or concerns? Any questions, comments, or concerns for this fashion talk? Girl, that really? Yeah. You pray. <laughs> you pray. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah. 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 Right in the meantime, in between time, while whether you're in marriage, you know, going towards marriage, want marriage, don't want marriage, whatever, these principles are very important and significant for the human, okay, it's for humanity to be a contributing citizen of society, which is what I'm a great advocate of. So um, these are things which can, you know, just allow you to be heads and tails above the rest in every capacity of your life, including to be that would-be spouse. So I pray that this uh, bless you guys, all right? If nothing else, you know, go go once, go twice, all right. That's what's up. Thank you. I got Winifred's approval. I'm good to go. Okay, that's just that's all I need. All right. So 
This has been Passion Talk. This has been your girl. I've given you practical tools for everyday living so you can press into your personal power. This is Cicely Victoria, owner and founder of Passion International. Until next time, uh, I want you to stay in purpose, stay in power, stay in passion, and stay on fire. Check me out, CicelyVictoria.com, C-I-C-E-L-Y, Victoria.com. I love you guys, and I'll give you part two in two weeks, all right? Peace out. All right. All right. That was good. And I should say, if you are looking for an empowerment coach, you definitely want to give her a call. Her her email, excuse me, her website is sisterlyvictoria.com. Actually, I'm posting that as well. So, no excuses. Y'all go and and hire her and pay her. So, Mm -hmm. all right. Amen to getting paid. So we have three minutes. All right, three minutes. So let's go ahead and get this um, these final thoughts in. Kelly, you are up. Good. Thank you for the show. Thanks again to Donnell Cole. That was awesome. Hot Topic was on fire tonight, along with the fire starter herself. I like going in front of her because she wraps us up nice. Please mm-hmm. remember that the uh, – Cuddle Kittens and Curvy Kittens is hosting the Empower and Embrace Youth Conference. It is April 21st. The registration fee is $20. It is open now on Ticketstorm. I will be putting the link in my live as well. Please, 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 and your little girls here, we have some dynamic speakers, and I tell you, I mean, it is crazy. Uh, Curvy Kitten will also be at the Black, um, oh, my gosh, Black, Enterprise Show. Yes, uh, next Saturday, April, well, no, two Saturdays, April uh, April 14th. So uh, have a productive week. Do something productive. Have, and I'll see you guys next week.
I want to say tomorrow, the word on Wednesday will be, um, is going down. So make sure you, you tune in and start at 7 o'clock. And if you have, we just released our newest edition of Nouveau Exposure Magazine. So if you have not downloaded that, then do that. Today, go to www.nouveauexposure.org. Uh, it's our free publication. Um, so again, you want to download it. Uh, Jacqueline Carr is on the cover. Uh, Kells wrote a good piece on money. So y'all go ahead and get that today. I uh, appreciate you all for tuning in. We're going to have another great week. Or excuse me, have another great week, and we'll be back next week with another great show. Have a good night. I think you want a new love. Tell me what to do, love. If you could just give it, would you just spend it? And I'm still standing here. First, you say you're with me. And then you try to get me. So I try to keep it low when you cut me to the floor, because I don't want to cry no tears. Would you believe this love is forever gone? And would you take this long, sweet road, and pull it together? Oh, uh-huh.